This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Friday the 21st of May 2021. Norman, I've been having the same conversation with a lot of people recently, and I wonder if you have as well. This is idea, well, actually, Sue sums it up for us really nicely. Sue lives in Tasmania. We just passed our one-year mark of no community transmission. She goes, why do I need to get vaccinated now? If borders aren't likely to open for another 12 months, we have very little chance of catching COVID until then. And then also another theme that I keep seeing in the, the messages that we get sent in here at Coronacast is... If you're over 50, you don't get a choice of vaccine. It's only AstraZeneca. And a lot of people feel like they're being treated like second-class citizens. Okay, so let's just deal with them one at a time. One is the choice of vaccine. If you lived in America, you wouldn't get a choice of vaccine either. You would get what you're, what you're given. I think it's loosening up a little bit now as the vaccine supply becomes e- easier. But really, up until now, with many millions of vaccines, you haven't had a choice. And so choice has not been a feature of the global vaccine rollout, given the limitations of supply. So that might ease up as time goes on. And you'd have to say, notwithstanding the fact that the health minister yesterday appeared to throw AstraZeneca under a bus, there are reasons for having it done. And there there are several. One is we are coming into winter. People are coming back from overseas. We do not have adequate hotel quarantine. We are at continued risk of escaping to the community. We only have had a fraction of Australians who've been infected with COVID-19, a tiny, tiny fraction. Most of us are vulnerable. And it's winter and people are indoors, and it's a high potential for high spread, and nobody is exempt here. Yes, we've got good contact tracing, but this could go nuts. We don't have a secure hotel quarantine system. So how much do you want to live in fear for the next few months rather than have some degree of security? So what's good is we seem to be actually immunizing aged care people and hopefully aged care workers. There's a lot of variation between states. But if we get one A, one B immunised, and in New South Wales at least, they're immunising the families of people behind that, which is what Coronacast has been advocating for for some time now, for some months now. So you're getting a stronger sense of security there behind the frontline workers. But nonetheless, we're still vulnerable and we're vulnerable coming into winter. Do you want to just live in fear all the time? Personally, I don't. But Norman, it seems that the fear, a lot of the people that I'm hearing talking anyway, is around the Astra vaccine itself. And that given that there's a relatively low risk of catching the virus in Australia at the moment, that they're more worried about the risk from the vaccine itself. So the risk is low. Um, I think as as, as we speak on air, and it could change maybe about 24 cases of um, uh, thrombosis with thrombocytopenia syndrome, the TTS syndrome. This is the low blood platelets with clotting. Yeah, due to an antibody. And one death, which is in a woman in Central Coast a few weeks ago, tragic death. Still unclear how that happened. We don't seem to have the mortality rate, but people can get quite sick with it for a while. So this is not trivial, but it's rare. It's about one in maybe 87,000 doses. So as of yesterday, I think there were 2.1 million doses of Astra. At least those were the official figures from the Commonwealth and 24 cases of TTS. So that's about one in 87,500 doses. So So the risk is low. But it's there. There's no question that it's not there. And then the other the other number that I keep hearing people saying is that it's only 60% efficacious, which is actually quite an early figure that we got. And the updated figures, the way we give Astra in Australia, is m- much, m- much better than that. So let me just give you the, the scale of the impact of Astra in relation also to Pfizer. 
So the data from overseas, if you're to summarize the data from overseas at this point, 10 to 20 days, 12 to 20 days after the first dose, Astra gives you around about a 60% protection against all infection. That's after the first dose. So that's not against severe disease. That's 60% protection against all infection. All symptoms or even the virus getting in your body at all? The virus getting into your body at all. Pfizer, it's about 70% after the first dose. And that goes up after the second dose. The data on Astra aren't quite there yet, but Astra, Pfizer goes up to maybe 85% for all infection. So it's not everybody. And Astra is thought maybe it'll get to about 75%. That's against all infection. Both protect against severe infection to almost 100%. And certainly symptomatic infection with Pfizer three weeks apart, around about 95%. And symptomatic, any symptomatic infection with Astra is around about 85%, 12 weeks apart. That's a lot higher than what we originally heard. Yeah, so the 62% comes from the early trials where they gave it four weeks apart. Um, the data on 12 weeks apart is much more. And in fact, at Pfizer seems to be even more effective if you give it a little bit of uh, apart as well. So just on that grade, severe infection, still good, and it seems to be good with the variants. Symptomatic infection of any kind, mild, moderate, or severe. In other words, we take that average. You know, 95% with um, Pfizer, probably about 85% with Astra. And any infection at all, 70-odd percent probably with uh, Astra after the second dose and probably 85% with Pfizer. So those are so that's not bad performance. Both beat the influenza vaccine hands down. So this is, they're really reasonably high-performing vaccines. And the other reason for getting it done, so we've got winter, we've got the fact that we're at risk and we should be shoring up that, reducing that risk as much as possible in terms of escaping to the community. And the other is that eventually we will have vaccine passports for overseas travel. And speaking personally, I want to be able to qualify for a vaccine passport in case I need to travel overseas. A lot of people, that doesn't matter to them, which is fine. And then the final reason is, whilst the government says that you'll be able to get Pfizer at the end of the year and be plenty of doses, we don't know that yet. The vaccine rollout so far has been faltering. Yes, we've got, we've got supply now, but mainly of Astra. They're late to the party with Moderna and Pfizer. And there's going to be a queue of people from 12 years to 50 years who are going to be he- ahead of anybody who's over 50. So if you're over 50, you are at the back of the queue for Pfizer and Moderna behind people who are under 50, and quite rightly so, because they're at higher risk of the Astra clotting. So are you going to get it at the end of this year? Is that the latest still, that they are at higher risk if you're younger, or was that just a product of the fact that it was being given to younger people? No, the, the data from Finland, Norway, Germany, is that it was round about 1 in 40,000, 1 in 50,000 doses that people under 50 were getting it, versus what looks like 1 in 87,000. So it does seem to be less common in older people. Right, so an Astra in the hand is worth a Pfizer or Moderna in the bush at the moment if you're in Australia. You've got no idea when you're going to get it. And there are many, many millions of Australians who are going to be ahead of you in the queue. So those are, those are all the reasons, which was why it was a bit breathtaking yesterday to hear the health minister effectively throw Astra under the bus. But then the other thing that's worth mentioning is that it's not the only COVID shot you're ever going to get, right? Like we're probably going to be getting COVID shots maybe annually, maybe every couple of years, probably for the rest of our lives. It's not like getting Astra once rules you out from ever getting a higher dose, a higher efficacy vaccine down the track. It's better than no protection at all for the next six to 12 months. Yeah. 
But I think what's what's causing hesitancy is the thought of is the thought that Pfizer is has a lower risk profile than Astra, so we'll just hang on. When in fact, when you take the balance of benefits, in my view, they are, they favour Astra. Um, yeah, it'd be great if all we had was Pfizer and we we all and we had millions and millions of doses and we could just get on with it the way the United States and Israel and the United Kingdom have. But we're not in that situation, and I think that we've got to make the the most of it. Then you've got the situation with variants. And you're right, it's likely that we'll need boosters next year, either with the ancestral vaccines because they give a better coverage or a booster with extra antibody cover, even if you've had Astra first round, or, or a variant vaccine. So you know that's the way around that. But at the moment, there's not an awful lot of evidence. There's some with the South African variant. But with the Indian variant, there's not a lot of evidence that Astra is any less effective than Pfizer. And people in Singapore were infected with the Indian variant having had Pfizer. They didn't get seriously ill. They got some symptoms, though. Well, just on that, we've got some questions from the audience. Of course, you can send in a question anytime at abc.net.au slash coronacast. And Karen is asking about this, saying, given that we know uh, that uh, there could be reduced efficacy of COVID vaccines for some of the variants, could a second dose of Pfizer be given rather than a second dose of AstraZeneca? Would that provide better protection against these variants? Well, we don't know about the variants, but from the early British studies that were just published a few days ago, and you can look back in Coronacast, and we, we talked about that, is that if you have Astra first and Pfizer second, you actually get a better antibody response than if you'd had two doses of Pfizer, for example. So that does give you a better and deeper antibody response, and that probably does correlate to more effectiveness with variants, at least at the moment. And a question from Kevin. If it's possible for fully vaccinated people to still be infected with the virus, will they still get long COVID? It's a really good question. There is circumstantial evidence coming out that if you're immunised, long COVID tends to be alleviated a bit, and we don't know the answer to that question. And there's not even a theoretical reason to, well, there is a theoretical reason is that you, the vaccine kind of resets your immune system and maybe resets the, immu- the abnormal immune response that causes the COVID-19, even though that's not fully elucidated. So we just, we just don't know the answer to that question. It's a really good one, though. Well, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast today. And for this week, we'll catch you on Monday. Yep. Keep your questions coming in. See you then. 